0: Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the personalized roadmap to teacher burnout recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery. That's going to give you your next best steps to Take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teaching slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, teacher friends, you're listening to episode 15 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Arguably one of the most important things that teachers need in order to make their career sustainable is teacher boundaries. So many teachers struggle with how, where, when to set these boundaries, and I'm here to tell you that creating authentic boundaries is some top-tier self-care. Perhaps you're one of those teachers who is on the edge of a breakdown. You want to make an impact, but it all really seems like too much. Parents, student behavior, curriculum, trainings, and meetings, and you feel like you're giving your all to teaching... And still not making a dent in your growing to do lists of being an educator. Here's the thing in order to address the growing concerns of and effectively teach, model, and coach the social emotional learning of our students, we must first focus on the social emotional learning of the adults in the school environment as well. The emotional well being of us as the adults in our schools directly impacts our students' well being and academic achievement. That's why I teamed up with Spencer Cotter, who is one of the amazing presenters from the Summer Self-Care Conference that I hosted back in July, to talk about the most essential boundaries teachers can start setting today that will help support their professional and personal lives. In this episode, Spencer and I chat about the must-have boundaries, teacher people pleasers, boundaries for social media, and weekend boundaries to support you in setting your limits and maintaining the energy you need to be the best teacher you can be. So let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our teacher community reviewers of the week at S-D-R-E-I-S, left a five-star review and said, I have enjoyed the first few episodes and I cannot wait to dive into the rest when they come out. I am hoping this podcast will help me to stay in a better headspace this year and have a better work-life balance. I can tell that Brittany really gets it. Thank you so much for leaving this review. It really means a lot to me and helps reach other educators who need this type of validation and support. One of my favorite things is talking to teachers who have listened to the podcast and reading these five-star reviews. Seriously, my goal with this podcast is to help provide the support that teachers often don't get bring them that community, that understanding, and give actionable ways that we can combat stress and the burnout cycle. So if you like this podcast, I would love it if you would leave a review, screenshot the episode you're listening to, and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me so that I can reach out and tell you how awesome you are. Plus, it helps get the word out to other educators who may need it. Seriously, I want to connect with those of you who are listening and talk about your teacher burnout and experiences. In this episode, Spencer Cotter and I are chatting about teacher boundaries, which is my favorite way to build better work-life balance and kick burnout to the curb. Spencer Cotter is a former teacher who went from burnout to living on her own terms and currently mentors teachers helping them do the same. She helps teachers empower themselves and believes that with high-level personal development skills, such as building boundaries mastering your mindset, and elevating your energy, you can live the life you want and deserve despite the challenges you face. Spencer and I are on the same wavelength, and I am so excited. Spencer, I have been dying to talk to you on the show. So welcome. I'm so excited. I know the listeners want to hear all about you. So can you share with us about your teacher journey, how you ended
1: up on social media, mentoring teachers? Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brittany. I'm super excited to be here. So um, I was a teacher, obviously. And I experienced burnout really quick in my career. And I'm talking like end of year two. Going into that next year, I had started going to therapy. And the reason for that mainly was because I was experiencing just not a great personal relationship at that time with my boyfriend at the time. And I was in my mid-20s and anxious, constantly anxious but all of the like all of that was also happening at work too. I was anxious about going to work. I didn't want to go to work. You know, she helped me see that I was actually experiencing burnout at work. And what I was experiencing in my relationship was just like a lack of identity, a lack of boundaries, a lack of self-love on my part. You know, all of that stuff came up. And so that year I really went on, I call it like a journey, like a personal development journey. I was seeing a therapist. I was doing the work and I started noticing the shift. So, like really healing things in my personal life and at school. And so that was huge. That was like really really big for me, um just overall in every aspect of my life. And so from then on out, so that was year 3, I had not experienced burnout since. And I mean that that that's huge. Yeah. And so then I went on to be an instructional coach. Thank goodness I had the tools I had because that's a whole different beast as far as other people's expectations and the demands and being available. I mean, I thought it might be easier. I really wanted to be an instructional coach for many reasons, but one one big reason I was like, "Wow, that looks that looks nice." Like, <laughs> yeah. But you get there and it's like anything else, it's just like new level, new double, new stressors and but I had tools. I had the tools and I think that's truly what helped me for the duration of my career as an educator, really, I hate the word balance, but balance myself out and, and, and have a life, something that I struggled to do my first two years in the career. And so 2020, um, I was still coaching in, in elementary school and, um, we went home working from home now. And I was, and I was like, what do I want to do? You know, at the time, I was starting to feel I wasn't burned out, but I was starting to feel like i don't like I don't know if I want to do this anymore um it could have had to do with where I was at the school I was at there was you know things I was not happy with at all compared to the school I was at before, or whatever you know i and I'm still like in personal development at this time, I mean, once you start, you don't stop right, it totally changes you, so I'm very much. It was very much drawn to inf- well-being influencers, wellness influencers, and I had always like had an interest there. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to do this. And so I, during that time we were working from home, I enrolled in an influencer course and just learned how to use Instagram. That's all it was, which was which was eye opening and it was really cool. And so I started just putting out like well-being content. And then I enrolled in um, the Institute for Integrated Nutrition, which. Is a health coach certification program, and so I was like, I'm going to be a health coach. I I love coaching teachers. I love coaching, but I'm really, really interested in wellness and personal development and personal growth. That's what I want to do. So I go through IIN. I am still putting out the content, and then through the program, they start talking to us about picking your niche. Who are the people you help? You know, so I was thinking. I was like, I don't know, women. (laughs) You know, and then I, you know, after some thinking and some, you know, coaching. I got from that, I was like, oh, teachers. Like teachers are the people I wanna I wanna coach and I wanna be a health coach for, or a life coach for, or whatever. And I mean, that's when the transition happened, truly. And now we're here. Yeah. So I you know, I I didn't know all of the
0: pieces of your story, but it's interesting to me because I also When I was going through burnout, I was going through a divorce and I had two little kids and I sent myself on a personal and spiritual journey to learn about myself. I wanted to learn all of these parts. I didn't want to feel like that ever again. And so that's when I started going to therapy. Like you said, I started, you know, enforcing boundaries and we're going to be talking all about boundaries, but I just think it's interesting how aligned our stories are. You talked about dealing with teacher burnout. Mm-hmm. What's the main thing you think ended you up in burnout? Like, was it the workload? Was it the late meetings?
1: And what kind of changed your mindset about all of that? It was me, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, teaching's hard and it, was, it wasn't easy then either. Um, I was at a very, very challenging school, um, but I had amazing leadership. Like my principal, my assistant principal, our instructional coaches, like they were all top notch, that whole district. I mean, I would go back in a heartbeat. It's in a different state, but it will forever be like the most special place in my heart. And I had a principal who, who would tell us like your families come first. Like he would actually tell us like, it's okay to put your families first. I mean, he modeled for us. I'm not coming to work today because I'm going to go golf. You know, I mean, he did an amazing job. Oh my gosh. Like he turned our school around. Okay. Like we were like in, in Arizona, they had labels. We were a D school our first year. He came in, we were being the next. And then, and then it just kept going up. So he did a great job, but he still modeled. I can do my job and have my life and have my wife and have my kids. And so it helped us. I love that type of leadership. It was great. And it's no like shock that people really respected him. And, and he won a lot of like leadership awards and stuff because he he could do all this but so you know some people will say well i'm so burned out because of my leader because of the expectations and and it's like i had like the unicorn leadership in district and i still was burned out and so when i went through the reflecting on that in therapy it was like where it's coming from a lot of me the expectations i'm putting on myself the beliefs i'm carrying about the career the, oh my gosh, the perfectionism, the people pleasing, like all of it. And all of that came not from teaching. I mean, that stuff comes from childhood Mm -hmm. and that just comes with you into adulthood until you can see it, be aware of it and break some cycles. And so I truly think it's that. I mean, working 12, 14 hour days, no one was telling me to do that. That was not necessary, but I thought it was necessary. I mean, I was getting the results. I was my evaluations were great the students were learning my test scores cuz you know everything's about test scores you have test scores were good and so i'm sitting here getting all of this outside validation and then i'm just reinforcing my beliefs that this is what it takes
0: right i i can relate with that and i know so many teachers can too because we often do put all of these expectations on ourselves and even for And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but so often we can get in this cycle of pointing our finger at everything else. But in reality, we have to turn it back on ourselves and say, what can I own here? So I think that's awesome that you recognize that, too. So how did you know you weren't officially in burnout? Was it the therapist that told you that?
1: Yeah, she kind of helped me. Like identify what it really was. I mean, I thought burnout was just like being tired all the time, like literally physically feeling burned out, like just sinking into my couch at night. But it was when she heard me say, "Like I hate going to work," that's when she was like, "You're burned out." Yeah. So yeah. So
0: when you once you realized you were in burnout, Mm -hmm. what did you do to start like recovering and overcoming it? What were your personal symptoms, maybe that you needed better boundaries in place?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, a personal symptoms, a lot of it was my relationship was a big sign of it mm-hmm. um, and past relationships too, doing some work there. uncovering that with her, um, but also just like kind of going back to my work habits, I had no boundaries with myself. And yeah. so that's kind of where we started. Um, she didn't, like my therapist and I, we didn't really use the word boundaries at the time, which is interesting looking back because that's exactly what we were doing. And, and eventually that language came. But, you know, you start off small and so she just had me doing things and it was truly just like some mindset work, some journaling work at first, some, you know, looking inward and then implementing, you know, practicing, like not needing to be the first person to the parking lot. Like that was me. (laughs) But like I, I felt like addicted to that. For, for a little bit, and you know there's outside pressure to be that teacher, of course, um but that was my choice to to live up to that pressure, you know, yeah, so little things like that, um leaving work at work more often, not going to every single function, not needing to say yes to everything, we really working through like being okay, not doing that stuff too, you know being yeah. okay, setting limits um in my personal life and at work too,
0: yeah. I I can relate with that because a lot of the things that came up for me were just exacerbated in my previous marriage. So, yeah. and I know that we're super aligned with teacher boundaries, like they're so important so that wow. they maintain that mental health in the profession. And you have a pretty unique perspective about the types of teachers who struggle with maintaining authentic boundaries, specifically those people pleaser types. Like I'm not a people pleaser. That's not my Personality type, so that's not something I really connect with, but I've heard you say that you connect with that. so can you share a little bit about that the types of unique struggles that those types of teachers might have?
1: Yeah, well, you know first, just to like talk about people pleasing, a lot of people think people pleasing is just like trying to like be perfect, but what it truly is it's 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 like this need to make others comfortable and happy at the expense of our comfort and at the expense of our happiness and it happens because we want to be accepted. We want to be accepted by by everyone, by others, by the people who are around. So people pleasers tend to you know, often feel the need to control other people's perception of them. And they do that by doing things like saying, you know, here's some, here's a struggle saying yes when they want to say no or taking something on when they, they don't have the time, you know, we're helping with something when they don't have the capacity or energy for it. And it's truly, you know, people pleasing to me, it's, it's, it sounds disempowering. So what it truly is, is just, it's like a safety mechanism. We're trying to keep ourselves safe and safety is everything to everyone. So we're going to do what we need to do to feel safe. So, you know, other struggles then might be having a really hard time setting boundaries, upholding their boundaries because, as you and I both know, no matter who you are, no matter how amazing you are, someone isn't going to like, understand, or agree with, with you when you begin setting boundaries. And so if you do struggle with the safety or like the fear of you know, not pleasing others, if you're a people pleaser, then that's going to be really hard to live on your terms and not get sucked into everyone else's expectations because our worst fear as people pleasers is being disliked you know, and and we'll suffer longer than we need to in situations that aren't healthy and in jobs that we hate and relationships that aren't going well, we'll suffer and we'll stay longer than we need to because we'd rather do that than deal with the discomfort of potentially upsetting someone.
0: Yeah. And you said something just now, like, you said that teachers, they they might struggle with the boundaries part. What other ways can teachers know if they're like a people pleaser type?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the most obvious things I would say for all of us is like when we feel consumed with what other people are thinking or feeling. Yeah. You know, we literally can hear ourselves second guessing ourselves or beating ourselves up like, why did I say that? Or what should I say? Um. Assuming, you know, assuming that someone's not going to like us or approve of us if we advocate for ourselves or if we say no to something or if we set a limit of some, some sort, you know, yeah. um, this is something that I have learned recently and it makes a lot of sense, but when we often will say I work really well under pressure and that I have learned recently is actually a coping skill that sometimes we develop when we don't have boundaries because when we don't have boundaries, we like have no choice, but to work like in multitask, like crazy and work under pressure. Yeah. So that was something light bulb moment for me. Light bulb moment for me too. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, The holistic psychologist on Instagram. um, She shared that and I was like, wow, that's so good. And it makes so much sense. And then, you know, going along with things. So I think a lot of us, because we don't want to make someone feel awkward or we don't want to upset people, we'll go along with a conversation that we don't feel comfortable in, you know, or go along with things or plans that we don't agree with or don't want to do. And that's something that I think a lot of people um, can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be difficult. You know, I don't want to make them feel awkward if I correct them for not, you know, saying my name right. Yeah. I don't want to send the food back. Right. Oh, I, yeah. wow.
0: Like I'm I'm having a lot of light bulb moments in this conversation. <laughs> I am interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that burned out teachers have. And that's how do I make time for self-care and stop overextending myself to the point of burnout? Here's my favorite answer. Authentic boundaries. When you set authentic boundaries around four major areas, you're creating balance to avoid overwhelm, manage your time better, and identify your limits. Arguably one of the most important factors to sustaining a career in education long-term, boundaries help keep you healthy, happy, and whole. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini-course, Beat Burnout with Boundaries. In this workshop, I will teach you my four-step approach to creating, communicating, and sustaining authentic boundaries that will empower you and build you up rather than burn you out. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, the formula for communicating your boundaries without compromising relationships, and a workbook complete with prompts to follow along in your own personal boundary pattern analysis. The best part? You can work through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash boundaries to learn more. Back to the episode. And I think we share like the thought about weekend boundaries um, mm-hmm. because they're super important for teachers to protect their time to elevate their energy. What are your biggest must-haves for teacher weekend boundaries?
1: Yeah, I love this. Um, so one is just the whole mindset part of it, like get clear with yourself, or I guess I should call it more the, the intention. So bef- sometimes we just like collapse into Friday. It was a long week. We're tired. We just want we just want the weekend, but if we can stop and pause and give ourselves time to ask ourselves what we need from the weekend, do I need to be outside? Do I need exercise? Do I need family and friend time? Do I need alone time? Do I need to sleep in? Do I need to read? Do I need a hike? Do I just need to be with my dog and binge on Netflix? So getting really intentional, asking yourself what you need and write it down, you know, like have your plan and, you know, have that clarity for yourself. That way you don't fall into like the autopilot of then just like reacting and going along with whatever comes up. Um, email detox. So I personally love when teachers don't have their work email on their phone. I truly do believe in keeping, yeah, keeping our personal property, our personal property. So our personal cell phone, you know, can, can main can be a personal cell phone. Um, but you know, there are teachers who aren't willing to do that and that's your preference. And if not, I do still suggest they delete the app until Monday or they can turn off notifications, the email autoresponder is great too. Yes. So yes. putting that on Friday and you know take it off on Monday. Um, the mindset that, and the permission that you should give yourself or you can give yourself that just because you might not have plans Saturday night doesn't mean you're free. You know, I love the quote, I say no, not because I'm busy. I say no, because I don't want to be so busy. Right. So It's okay to say no to your friend's invitation. It's okay to cancel or reschedule plans if that means you're honoring your time and energy. Yeah. And then Sunday limits. I think sometimes we get carried away with the Sunday scaries. We let that language really spiral us out. And at the end of the day, we truly get to decide how much we're going to allow the week or allow Monday to steal our Sunday. So setting limits with how much, if any, some teachers don't at all. But, um, setting limits with how much you work, how much you talk about work, how much you think about work, if you can. And if you do decide you want to prep for the week, set a time limit. So time block your day, give yourself this hour, this two hour block, whatever you want, but then stick to that. You know, you got to set some limits here. Because at the end of the day, you know, yes, this is totally all about honoring your needs and protecting your time and well-being. But this also helps us redefine the norm. Like it helps us redefine the fact that you know teaching is our job; it's not our life.
0: I actually used a quote from you earlier, and I said my friend Spencer says this thing, and it just it it makes the most sense. You know, human first, teacher second. And I really feel like those boundaries that we set over the weekend really can affect our energy levels for the entire week. And, and I talk about this a lot with teachers that I work with, like teachers come to me and say, but what if somebody gets angry with me? Like, and we discuss how others' emotions and perceptions are not our responsibility. And we walk through that mindset shift, but for teachers out there who are still struggling with this idea, what other advice could you give teachers?
1: Yeah, um, 100% agree. You know, Other people's reactions or opinions about our boundaries are 1000% coming from them. It's coming from their own filter, their own belief system. And most of the time when we learn that, and when we can truly sink into that and accept that and be okay with that, we're then able to move forward and, and start learning how to implement boundaries with a little bit more ease. But other times for some of us, the fear is just too much. And so... The situation of worrying that someone's going to be mad at you or assuming, it's more sometimes we're assuming. And then so we're so convinced that if we do this, this is going to happen. This is an example of worst case scenario thinking, worst case scenario mindset, which is all fear based. And so recognizing that is important. You know, we can't predict, manage, or control how anyone is going to respond to us in any career, in any situation. And we can accept that, but sometimes the fear of losing people or upsetting people or someone not liking us is so strong that it will keep people sometimes from setting the boundaries they need. So the advice I would give is, you know, looking at everything as a choice and every choice you make ends with a result, one, a result you want, a result you don't want. And that when it comes to setting boundaries, it's all uncomfortable. It's all hard. Staying stuck in an unhealthy situation or unhealthy job, an unhealthy habit, an unhealthy relationship because you're too scared to set boundaries or you're too fearful of what's going to happen if you do, that's really uncomfortable. That's really hard. Communicating and enforcing boundaries is uncomfortable. It's hard at first. But which of those hard, uncomfortable choices is going to give you the result you actually want? You know, you may not, you may not feel comfortable, but, but you can do it. Like we can do it. You know, we're not that fragile. We can handle it. Everyone can do this. And it's just realizing that it's short-term discomfort. It's going to go away. It's not going to last forever. And the short dis- short-term discomfort is never a valid reason to continue tolerating long-term discomfort that comes from setting boundaries or doing the hard things. And just, you know, reminding them that it does get easier. But it won't ever get easier if you don't start. You got to start somewhere. You got to take that first step. You, you got to practice those skills in order
0: for them to then be ingrained in your being. Like nothing is ever easy starting out. And I love that you mentioned that because that is a huge thing. That fear and those that guilt that you're talking about. When I work with these teachers, we talk about these limiting beliefs and how they show up in our lives. and. What is your perspective when it comes to that? Can you like share anything about how to overcome that guilt and that fear? How do you coach your teachers with these types of struggles?
1: Well, I I help them see that again, almost everything is 80% mindset, 20% strategy and skill. But when it comes to beliefs, it is all mindset. You know, that's what it comes down to. So remembering the truth that you can be an amazing person and have amazing boundaries, even if someone is upset with you, you're still a good person. And I think that's really important to begin to carry that consciously and remind ourselves of that. Because like you said, we learn and then we need to integrate in order to embody it. And then we just become it. So hearing someone say like, I can be an amazing person and be an amazing teacher you might be in the learning stage, but when you begin to integrate it into your life and you begin to embody that belief, then you just become that person who just lives in that way. So if you truly deep-rootedly believe that you could be a great person and a great teacher at the same time, that even if you upset people, you're still a good person, if you really truly fundamentally believe that without even having to think about it, your behaviors would be so would be radically different. Like your boundaries would be you know, role model status. Mm-hmm. So it's important to start there just by in, you know, carrying that consciously reminding yourself of that because the more you remind yourself of that, you can start then focusing on it more, you start taking action that's in alignment with it more, and we can really start to create those boundaries. And you know, when it comes to fear, I'm not in the business of getting rid of it, you know, because what we resist will persist. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to get rid of feelings. Guilt, fear, those are just feelings and we don't want to ignore them. We don't want to push them down. If we push them down, they just grow. Right. You know, so we want to feel them we want to acknowledge them and let them be there, but we just don't want them. We don't, we don't want to let them hold us back. So I can feel guilty, but I'm going to choose myself anyway. I feel really scared right now and I'm going to do it. You know, it's like that question you and I both I'm sure get, how can I, how can I set a boundary without upsetting someone? It's like, you can't. No, you, 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 you could or you can't. I, this is not the point. It's a very irrelevant question because you, you got to set the boundary anyway. You know, so what we can do is practice managing that discomfort and just reminding ourselves that I'm OK.
0: Yeah. And you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but the feeling that you feel, that emotion that you feel can often be the catalyst to changing what you do and changing your outcome. So I think that that is a huge piece. Um, And I think it's really important for teachers to find people like us who have these radical mindsets very different than what has always been the norm in teaching. We can borrow belief systems from people. And like how you have these things that you're talking about, um, like human first, teacher second, and you know that's this is just our job. Those are beliefs that maybe we don't have like ingrained inside of us yet, but those teachers they can borrow that from you. They can borrow the belief system and just start adapting it into their own lives, and then it just becomes second nature. So I, I just really love what you what you say and what you stand for, and talking about those norms and teaching that we're no longer accepting. I love your series on that. It is my fave (laughs) Um, for those teachers who aren't following you yet. Can you kind of share some of those with them?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. This can be spicy sometimes because some people hear it and they like just really disagree or they're like, I've never heard that. Like, heck yes. Um, So one Good, and I, you know, quotation's good because who can tell you what's what's good or not good, right? So mm-hmm. good teachers wear their teacher hat 24-7. So that's one that I, I call BS on. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching isn't just, you know, again, in quotes, just a job. It's, it's a lifestyle or, you know, other way to say that. The popular one is teaching is not a nine to five. A lot of people argue with me about that. But mm-hmm. if you have better boundaries, you'd see what I'm talking about. Yes um, teachers can't work or shouldn't only work contract hours. Burnout is normal. We hear that a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. you can't have healthy limits or healthy boundaries and still make an impact because how would you get it all done kind of thing. And good teachers put teaching first. Those are some of the norms that I just, you're squashing them. We got to, we got to rewrite them. It's, it's not, it's not working. It's those are burnout beliefs, you know?
0: Yeah, and I mean I hear that all the time. When I first started teaching, they said that burnout's normal, and I'm like, burnout is a condition that's like indicative that you are dealing with way too much stress. It's causing your nervous system to go into overload, so that that is not normal, and we're not going to accept that. So I just love that you do those, and I, I really wanted the listeners to hear some of the norms that you're kind of breaking, and I think any teacher who is on social media struggles with seeing teachers who are ready to leave the profession. They're Mm -hmm. venting these toxic ideals. And I think there's something really special about how you share with teachers how to start setting not only boundaries in the classroom, but on social media. Can you tell us about those?
1: Sure. You know, something I would love to to teach on real quick is just, and I teach this in my mentorship program. It's called energy input output. So, this is why, to me personally, teacher or not personally, like social media boundaries are so important because, so if you think about energy, everything's energy. And anything you're around, anyone you're around, the conversations you're having, the TV you're watching, the social media you're scrolling, the content you're consuming, the books you're reading, that's all outside exterior energy that it seeps into us. Energy input output, what what we take in comes in right to our body, to our belief system, to our brain. And then we give that energy back out. And so one thing that I think is really important when it comes to really protecting and managing our energy is being mindful of the content we consume. Because we as a society are an information overload right now. There's mm-hmm. just so much of it. And if we don't have boundaries with it, you probably can't even hear your own voice anymore, you know, yeah, so when it comes to social media boundaries with teachers, I think one of the one of the most negative things if we don't have boundaries with it is there's a lot of comparison in teacher world, and there's a lot, like you said, like that heavy, dark negativity that's out there. I can't tell you how many teachers will comment or dm me like everyone I see is leaving teaching or I'm a new teacher and I'm so scared because of TikTok. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. So, you know, easy things like unfollow or mute some people. Yes. I, I really think that's like doing a weekly sweep, like doing a weekly, go through who you're following and do I interact with them? Do I like their content? Like just, it's okay to unfollow. It's okay to mute. Um, even if you're like, I just need a break you know, you can always refollow or unmute them. Yeah. The harder ones that I think are very, very effective and beneficial is boundaries with yourself with this. So, you know, not checking social media when you wake up first thing in the morning. I mean, that right there is just igniting a massive stress response (laughs) before you even get out of bed. Yes, absolutely. Um, Ending your day. And these are the two most popular times when people are in bed. So when you're ending your day, Making that choice, setting that limit with yourself that I am going to put my phone away an hour before I go to bed. I think the whole phone, like for me personally, I put the whole phone away an hour, at least an hour before bed. Sometimes it's more. And that is just, I just need to unplug. We need to unplug, just be in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Give my brain, like prep my brain for for sleep. Like our brains are not ready to go to sleep the second we turn off the TV or turn off our phone, right? Right. Right. So all those benefits. So having those bookended days without social media, I think, are huge. Um, Engaging with certain content. So a lot of teachers will see something. I shouldn't even say teachers. It's all of us. So we'll Mm -hmm. see something. Maybe it's we agree with it or disagree with it. And then we go to the comment section. Well, if you go, if you find a reel and there's a teacher complaining about teaching or a paycheck or all this stuff, society's expectations, and you go to the comments, if it's a, if it's a reel or a post with a negative undertone, there's probably going to be some negative comments or arguments going on. And so when you, you're sitting there on your couch and you're reading that, it's probably going to impact you, not in the greatest way not looking at the comments, like things like that. So having limits with what you engage with. Crowding out. So this is the last one I'll give. So in like nutrition world, when you're dieting, coaches often won't tell you to cut something out. They'll tell you to crowd it out. So if I want to stop drinking Coca-Cola, I'm not going to be cutting Coca-Cola out. I'm just going to be drinking more water. Mm -hmm. So I like the concept of this with social media. So if you aren't willing to unfollow or mute people, can you find people who are sharing positive and sharing light and sharing inspiration? Can you follow more of them? For me, I love like I, I use social media as a tool. You know, it's a tool or a weapon. I mm-hmm. like to follow the personal development gurus. That's how I get in touch with them. I cannot, I cannot find them in real life right now. I can't really afford to hire them to mentor me. So I'm going to consume their content. So those are the kind of people I try to flood myself with. Um, so that when you are on it, your feed is positive and empowering, you know, and being mindful of the scroll. Like if you can stop mindless scrolling, I think that's great. Yeah. And then you just have your people that you go check because they, they, they inspire you, they empower you, they give you good tips. Like I'm all about that. Yeah.
0: I I love what you said about the, the crowding because so often like, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but. We want to find that supportive group of teachers. And oftentimes we don't have that in our buildings. Um, we know wh- what happens in the teacher workroom. And so sometimes it has to be somewhere different, like online. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're following or consuming the content of those positive teachers, like you and I both follow the self-care gurus, the, the mindset gurus, yeah. those types of people, because That helps us stay in that mindset, and I think that's really important. So, and I'm a huge proponent for teachers creating authentic boundaries, like anything that works for them as a unique individual. And I often have to tell teachers, just because somebody has this boundary doesn't mean that this boundary is going to resonate with you. So how do you feel boundaries really push teachers to change their mindset about self care and self love?
1: I think it's important to, to teach people and teach teachers that when we talk about self love, self respect is a major part of self love. And boundaries, I mean, it's, I don't think anyone can argue that boundaries are clearly a way we can respect ourselves because we're, we're mm-hmm. respecting our time and, and our energy and and the way we live our life. And so I think like looking at it that way, like boundaries are a way to respect yourself. Like they absolutely are part of self-love. And when we begin to follow through and uphold our boundaries, we really realize the reward of them. So then it reinforces like, oh, wow, like this, this is definitely a way I can care for myself and love myself. And when it comes to a boundary not resonating with you, I think what I've seen is like, when you don't understand that boundaries are so unique, like if, if, if there's someone who doesn't know what you just said, like doesn't, isn't aware of that, that like my boundaries that work for me might not actually work for you. They might try what works for me. And if it doesn't work for them, they're like, this doesn't work. So I think it's just those two things, like, okay, I'm working on my self-love, my self-respect, so I need some boundaries. But I also have to realize that they might look different from everyone around me because they really are so personalized. Yeah.
0: And we know self-care, that was a big buzzword during the pandemic teaching. It was a big buzzword. And Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily going to get us out of burnout. While it will help us with our overall well-being, you know, I I don't think anybody can doubt that part. Are there any boundaries that you would set up for teachers to prioritize their self-care time? Like what about those teachers who say, "Well, I just don't have time."
1: Yeah. Well, this we're we're going to go back to self-respect because allowing yourself time, taking time for yourself is a form of self-respect. And so If we look at it that way, everyone wants to respect themselves. Everyone wants to love themselves. So it's like, oh, light bulb moment. Okay, this is, this is important that I do this for myself. You know, I need to make the time. But something I've found success with, and my clients have found success with, is scheduling ten minutes. And this is like the bare minimum. But this is where we need to start if we're in a place of I just don't have time for myself. Scheduling ten minutes of me time into their day every day. So taking out your calendar. It could be your Google Calendar. Your your paper and pencil, calendar, whatever you use, literally go in and schedule 10 minutes of me time every single day of the week. And you can choose when this is. I I have morning and night rituals. My clients have morning and night rituals. This for them and me is separate. So this is another 10 minutes in my day. But if you don't have any of that, that's okay. Just start here. Just start with 10. It could be before work. It could be after work. It could be, maybe you have 10 minutes at lunchtime that you want to start protecting. I don't know. But do not cancel. Do not reschedule. Don't cancel on yourself. Don't reschedule yourself. Protect this time. Protect it as if it were an important doctor's appointment or a mandatory work thing. Like you wouldn't miss those things, right? Right. Because if you don't have 10... So Tony Robbins says, if you don't have 10 minutes for yourself, you don't have a life. And I laugh because it's like funny and he's like so direct about it. But it's kind of true. Yeah, it's very true. If if we don't have 10 minutes for ourselves... You know that's a sign. That's some feedback. That okay, like I need to do some change in here. I need to shift some things. And I always say the reason that you think you can't is the reason that you must. So if you think you can't take ten minutes for yourself, then you must take ten minutes for yourself. I love,
0: I love the way you reframed that too. I am just so glad that we could, you know, get you on the show, chat in real time. I've really loved following you. I know that so many of the listeners will get so much from following you as well, because your content is very positive, uplifting, and empowering. So can you share with the listeners where they can find you, what kind of things you have to offer? I think you've got um, a new like course coming up. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I would love to. Um, so they can mainly find me on Instagram. That's where I'm at every day, um, at underscore Spencer Megan. And then they can find out more about my programs and my courses on my website, which is sponsormegan.com So um, I have Next Level Teacher. That's my my 90-day mentorship program. It's a cohort. It's a live, you know, situation, which is amazing for that community piece. You and I were talking about that crowding out, like finding your people. We have one girl all the way in Ireland right now. Oh, wow. And all over. Yeah, all over the U.S. So it's it's really cool connecting in that way. Um, So that's like my main thing. But my new course I'm dropping is Burnout to Boundaries. So it's going to be a self paced experience. And they have lifetime access to all the videos. It's a video video module um, setup and a workbook that goes along with it. It's, It's like this, this has been like a year in the making. There's I've started it, I've stopped it, I've started, I've stopped it. I've, and I'm just like, it's not it's not right time yet. It's not ready yet. Like, and so this has definitely been a work of work of heart. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to, to release that. That's going to be open and in everyone's inbox on August 31st. So. Very
0: cool. Well, I will definitely link where everybody can go and find that information in the show notes. I'll link your social media, all of that. I just want to thank you again for thank you, for you know hopping on, talking about boundaries. I know that we share so many of the same ideals, and I just love that you're empowering educators.
1: Thank you, Brittany. It's such a pleasure. I can't wait to collab with you next. Yes.
0: Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Teaching Mind Body and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to remind you that you are a resilient teacher. If you're looking for more support in creating a sustainable, individualized self care plan to beat burnout, squash stress, and build educator resilience, check out my online membership and course, The Individualized Educare Program, at TeachingMindBodyAndSoul.com/slash/individualized-educare-program. I'll see you next time.